Welcome in, folks, to another World Championship edition of Locked On Astros. We are going to be talking all things Astros prospects, and we've got the prospect extraordinaire, Kenny Van Doren, or known as the Vandalorian on Twitter. He's going to talk to us about different levels of Astros, um, where we expect to see players. I mean, we may even talk about Pedro Leone, Gilbert, Sean Dubin, who was throwing flames last year, and just so many other things to talk about in this prospect edition of Locked on Astros. Let's talk prospects now. Hello and welcome to Locked on Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Brett H-Town Wheelhouse Chansey. We are Locked on Houston Astros, and we are your daily Astros podcast. I'm H-Town Wheelhouse. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at H-Town Wheelhouse. You can find me at Strohs411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive, always Strohs. You can find the show at Locked on Astros on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, wherever you get your podcast. Check us out. And I'm joined with Kenny Van Dorn, the wonderkins of basic Houston Astros minor league baseball. Not only that, this kid covers everything. Missouri sports. He's in college. This dude is a grinder. He is a future star in the making. Kenny, tell the people where they can find you. Hey, uh, thanks for having me on, Brett. Uh, on, on Twitter, I'm at the Vandalorian. It's like the Mandalorian from Star Wars, just with a V. Um, you can get find my work on Inside the Astros on Sports Illustrated, and as well as Astros Future with uh, Jimmy Price. Yeah, definitely. Jimmy Price does a great job. You, I know you and him have teamed up, and y'all even do a podcast, um, Astros Future. Y'all, y'all have had guys on like Jake Myers and people like that. So that's really cool. Y'all definitely have to go check it out, subscribe to their channel, and make sure that you make the Locked On Astros your first listen every day. And you go, you know, go ahead and give them, make them your second listen each day. So remember, you can get us anywhere you get podcasts. If you're listening to us and you haven't. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go ahead and do that. Check us out. And you can interact with us live if you would like. So let's get into this, Kenny. The Houston Astros coming off a World Series Championship 2022. By far the best team in baseball. This team is really built within. You know, a lot of clubs go out there and sign free agents. A lot of clubs go out there and get the big names. But not the Astros. Homegrown talent. Only one real notable name on this team, um, superstar starter-wise, and Justin Verlander, who came over in 2017. But even bringing over someone like Ryan Stanek was heavily scouted. But outside of those guys, McCullers, Javier, Valdez, Bregman, I mean, you basically all their main players are homegrown. What is it about this system that keeps putting out the talent and Jeremy Pena comes along? Yeah, and you, you look at, you know, this team was deep, you know, even like into the bench, you know, you, you even name guys like, you know, Kyle Tucker, Ozzie Altuve, even these starters, uh, there's there's a lot of, you know, depth and just the core and the, you know, what this, what the farm system and what they're building is incredible. You look at the, where they stand in, you know, the top 20 or top 30s, and they're always near the bottom, you know, and it kind of makes sense. They don't have all these big time prospects in the system. And that's, you know, because there weren't, they didn't have first and second round draft picks for two years. Uh, because of the sign stealing scandal, um, they you know didn't really splash in the international market there for a couple of years. But you know they're finding diamonds in the rough. You look at guys like Christian Javier, Framber Valdez, Ronel Blanco. These guys weren't supposed to be who they are today. Even Luis Garcia. They really turned you know, the Astros. Really turned them in. They t- 
into stars. Even like guys like Brian Abreu too, uh, they found those intangibles that you couldn't find in other players and just you know heightened them and made them into key contributors for a World Series. Yeah, you know, Brian Abreu is one of those names that you mentioned that I think is really important to look at because Brian Abreu is the guy that most fans or casual fans or you know, I don't and I don't even like I don't even like using the word casual fan. I think I think casual or analytical, whatever, but just fans of the team, they were always worried about Brian Abreu's walks, right? But it's because of the spin rate, his amazing spin rate that he's able to spin that baseball. It's hard to harness. It's hard to control. And they've been working with him. And I remember Strami talking about, and from what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, their long-term projection is still to make him a starter at some point. Isn't that, isn't that the case? Uh, he used to be a starter. I, I don't think that's the case anymore. Okay. I, he's definitely a back end of the, uh, you know, the bullpen kind of guy. Guy's going to give you an eighth or maybe even a ninth inning, depending on how far they're going to go or how far he's going to take his career. Um, but you know, he was definitely, yeah, I can, I can agree that a lot of people were kind of scared about where he was going to go this season. I know when some of those arms were coming back, he was like maybe on the hot seat to be optioned. He had one, isn't it last past year was his last year with options, never got sent back down. And you look at where he went into the postseason. He was a top four arm used out of the bullpen, one of the most trusted. And, you know, he was getting out of those big situations and letting them hang. And when you look at where he goes for the rest of uh, into next season, he's, there's no way he's ever going to go back to the minor leagues unless his career plummets, which is which is probably not going to happen. And the one thing I would note about him is that, you know, he went to the Dominican Republic last season after being on the the taxi squad in the postseason. And Abreu, you know, he looked great. I know he said he touched 100, and I don't know if he really consistently did that this past season. But, um, you know, that gun might be hot in the Dominican too. But he really went down there and just like Jeremy Pena and added to his resume and, you know, turned it around in the next season. Yeah, and speaking of, and we will get to this later on the show, but Paige Leone, I think his first few at-bats already had a couple home runs in a Cuban Winter League down there. So Paige Leone is, you know, he's one of those guys that I really want to get to towards the end of the show because I think he's going to be a focus for 2023 for sure. But let's go through, you know, we've interviewed guys like Endersby. We've interviewed Joe Record, Joe Perez. Um, we've had several players, Joey Luperfito. Um Let's go through and maybe A and high A ball. What are what are three names from these levels that we can look to maybe make some moves this next year in 2023? So do you want to start like maybe in the single A or where do you in triple A? Yeah. Yeah, let's or start single in single A. Yeah. All right. Okay, kind of starting at the bottom. Um I, you know, I'm a guy who's kind of looking at these outfielders down here a lot. Uh Logan Sierney was, you know, a guy who was really on my radar once they traded for him from the uh, from the Phillies for Garrett Stubbs. And in my mind, the back of my mind, I was like, I think the Astros were always going for this guy. Um, you know, they look, you look at the double A roster right now and Quincy Hamilton was taken in that same round, just a couple, couple picks later. So I knew that they were kind of, they had their sights set on a college outfielder in that round. Uh, the Phillies swooped him up. I asked Logan Searney a couple of months later on our podcast and he said, yeah, that the Astros were pretty interested in me. And so Logan Cerny, I think he battled a wrist injury there at the end of the summer, kind of lost his season, but he really turned it around, uh, starting to hit for a little bit more power. Um, he kind of reminds me of Miles Straw, you know, pretty good defense in center field speed, but he has a good bat. You know, he, that bat can rope some doubles. He has more power than what Miles Straw ever had. Um, another guy out down in uh, single A in Fayetteville is definitely Drew Gilbert. I know everybody wants to know where Drew, Drew Gilbert is going to be. Uh, dislocated his, his uh, elbow, shoulder. I think it was his elbow there a couple of games into the season. He plays hard, runs through the wall. 
um, I actually talked to a Tennessee athletics guy and he said that, you know, he was such a character when he was there, you know, like that's, that's who he is. And everyone knows that he flips his bat. He, he plays fiery and plays like his hair is on fire and that's, that's good for him. But you know, those kind of things where he runs to the wall can maybe not help in the end. Uh, definitely a guy you can see in 2024 at the earliest 2025, if the trajectory stays the same and he stays off the injured list. Um, I think he only played like less than a week, less than two weeks yeah. this past year because of that. Um, looking more, you know, I don't want to highlight another outfielder, you know, Ryan Clifford, you know, his signing was huge getting that high school in the 11th round, saving up that money, you know, great move by gross and the rest of that front office that were working on that James click and everybody else at that time. Um, but, you know, looking at some of these pitchers, yeah, I really like AJ Bluebaugh, um, one of the guys who was named pitcher of the month at the end of the year, another draft pick from this past season. Um, Nolan DeVos, uh, Brett Gillis, Tyler Gilfall, a bunch of these guys that were taken. Alan Bersanta, uh, he was huge coming into um, spring training last year. Everyone loved him, and he got injured at the end of the season, never really brought it back. Um, but, you know, I think one of the guys that probably gets supposed to my third guy for this has to be Miguel Yola. Miguel Yola is like 20 years old, signed like I think last year with the Astros in 2021. The guy is just going to be incredible. I think he's going to be up there with like the Christian Javier's, Framber Valdez, Luis Garcia, these, you know, wow. an international prospect that came in and, you know, he's kind of flowing, flying under the radar, but I think he can work on those walk, that walk rate, getting it down, but the whiff rate is incredible. And that, that's, what's going to carry him, carry him. If he gets the strikeout numbers the same and cuts down on the walks as he progresses through the system, He's definitely going to be a, a future starter on this team. Now, what's his name again? Miguel Yola. He's a 6'1", 184-pound okay. uh, pitcher. You know, he probably can grow into that frame a little bit more, but wow. uh, a righty starter. I think he's only going like four or five innings right now, but you know he's 20 years old in single A, so he might start the year back in single A or he might go to high A, but uh, the you know, ceiling's, ceiling's high for him. Definitely. you know. And one of the things I want to talk about in our next segment is I want to talk about Joey Luperfito and some of those guys that we see moving on. And I just want the people to know that if you are looking for a place to place your bets and for all your sports wagering needs, you know need to go to betonline.net. It's your number one source for your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at betonline.net. But if you love sports and podcasts, then you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Will the Rockets get the number one pick overall? Will the Astros win back-to-back titles? Will Justin Verlander be in a Houston Astros uniform? If you want to know this and vote on various things like this, go to BetOnline because it's where the game starts. So let's bring Kenny back in here. Um, and let's, let's, let's move upward and onward because the further we climb in the, in the um, status of the minor league system, the closer we get to guys that are going to go from the minor leagues to Minute Maid Park. And something I want to share with you. Um, it was, it was kind of cool. I remember last year, whenever, um, Hunter Brown was selected to the Futures game. I think our audience has probably heard this. I congratulate him. I was there like the day after at Constellation Field, and his response was almost automatic. He said, I appreciate it. It's a great nod, but what I really want to be doing is I really want to be helping the Astros win another World Series. And I was like, okay, I know exactly where this kid's headspace is. 
And he showed up and showed out. And just his talent and his ability on the mound that he showed the, the boys, because he was put in some, some tough situations for a rookie and came out smelling like roses. Um, Hunter Brown's a great kid, and we'll talk about him in the third segment a little bit as we wrap things up. But this segment right here, um, you know, double A, guys like Joey Luperfito, I know you and I had talked before. Um, do we see is is Alex Santos going to be in this mix? I don't know if he had an injury or whatever, but what are some guys around the either high A or double A guys that we're looking that, that are going to make moves this year in the Astros organization? Double A is a hard one for me to really evaluate. Uh, there's a lot of guys here that I'm pretty high on just looking at the versatility and where they can carry themselves. Um, guy like Alex Santos actually got put on the development list there at the end of the season for Fayetteville and single A. Uh, things just weren't clicking for the guy. You know, he was trying to push it a little bit four or five innings. His strikeout numbers look good, but he was given into too much hard contact. Never came off the development list. Uh, never really heard back from him. I was talking to him there for a little bit. Um, but not, nothing really came of it. You know, I think next season he'll start back in single A and try to climb his way back up. Uh, Joey Loperfito, though, uh, like I said, kind of battled there like a little illness, some cramps there at the end of the season, didn't finish out the year with uh, the Taurus, was on the injured list. But uh, things were looking good for him. You know, he was crushing the ball in Fayetteville, crushed the ball in Asheville. I know it's a, the dimensions there favor the lefty hitter, and he's a, he has a good lefty swing, but gets on base, hits for a good average. Um, not the biggest power guy, but he can play first, second, uh, center field. He was an all-star uh, in the, um, I think it's South Atlantic League is what the, is what Asheville's in. So everything's looking good for him, and I think he's a guy who could definitely reach AAA by the end of next summer if you know everything continues to su- succeed. I know going to the Texas League is a big jump. Um, you're facing some really good talent there. You know, guys from the the West. You know, Arizona has some good prospects there, but in right. Texas, some of those pitchers you're going to face from Texas are going to be good, but. Um, you know, Joey's going to be a guy that I think could get up to triple a to get, if he, you know, plays well in the Texas league, uh, some other guys that I really like, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, it's okay. I'll just say, I love, I, I love Joey, you know, Joey, we had him on the show. He's a phenomenal interview. Just a great kid. Um, I was going to break in there real quick before you kept going. Cause, um, MZ was asking, what about Colin Barber? I don't know if he's more of a double a or triple a conversation, but what do you, what do you like about Colin Barber? Yeah, he was definitely going to be in the list I was going to name here. But Colin was another guy that's battled some injuries last year, battled some more this year. Everything was clicking for the guy. He's another one that I'm I'm pretty high on lefty hitting outfielders just because I think it's a need just on any team. You need those extra – um, you know, lefties at the top of the, you know, the system and Collins just battled so many injuries, you know, one of the top prospects in the system. Um, another guy that should be in double a next year. I don't know if it's going to be to start, but if he stays healthy, he's going to be at a spring training invitee. I, you can, you know, quote me on that. I, I believe that, you know, I think that's going to be a fact. Um, but you know, Colin, you know, if he stays healthy, I think you could definitely be a dark horse to make the rock, you know, make the 40 man roster wow. into not, not, not this season, but you know, next season, maybe try to, fight for a spring training spot in 20 or roster spot in spring training 2024. Um, you know, it just really comes down to that health stuff, but these outfielders in high A, I'm just like, I'm, I don't know what's going to happen to these guys in double A. Cause these guys are biting at their heels. I like Kennedy Corona a lot. I got him from the, they got him from the Mets a couple of years ago, uh, really turning around that power. And he's, he has a lot of speed and defense looks good. Uh, Zach Daniels uh, can't say enough about Zach Daniels. The yeah. guy that I was, you know, a little bit you know, worried about there for a while, just wasn't getting the power up, wasn't getting on base just came off from an injury in, in the middle of the summer and just tore the cover off the ball, turned into an all-star in the South Atlantic League. 
and everything's looking good for Zach Daniels too, just defensively as well. Can play center field, can play across the outfield, went to the Arizona Fall League and hit a home run that was 498 feet, according to TrackMan. I don't know how, how if they would come out the same way on StatCast, wow. but, you know, the guy is a monster. He's modeling his game off Jeremy Pena too, his swing, but, you know, he's one of the best outfielders. He's looking really good, uh, you know, and another guy, like you said, Joey Loperfito, but uh, pitching-wise, there's, you know, a mixed bag of guys that I would really – hit on, you know, just looking at some of these names on here, you know, Colton Gordon, uh, lefty guy who missed all of last season, was drafted uh, out of UCF, had Tommy John surgery, came back this season, was an animal, just carving through every single bat. Uh, you know, he wasn't giving into walks. He, you know, a good ground ball rate. Uh, not a fastball guy, though. I think his fastball sits in like low 90s, and he told me that they're just adding to his arsenal. I think he's at five pitches right now, which is wow. pretty incredible for, you know, a college guy straight out of, you know, high A, just mastering these pitches. Um, he went into the Arizona Fall League, got roughed up a little bit there at the start, then won Pitcher of the Week in the last week of the season, started the AFL Championship game, if I'm not mistaken, and went four and two-thirds and allowed maybe two oh. runs. Like, you know, that that's probably my pitcher to keep an eye on. Out, that's awesome. Uh, so so with all this talk of um, outfielders, MZ asked another question. He says, do you think with this many outfielders that we have going that are going to be in the majors soon, does that hurt the appetite for the Astros to extend Kyle Tucker? The you know Kyle Tucker is the topic that we we will not even be talking about Kyle Tucker or contract extensions, and the question will come up: Are they going to extend Kyle Tucker? D- does that play in into a factor with someone of Kyle Tucker's magnitude that you're ah oh, we won't sign up because we got all these guys, or is that putting the cart before the horse? Yeah, you're putting the cart before the horse. These guys that are in high A right now that I'm pretty high on are 21, 23 years old. And Kyle Tucker, when he was 21 or 23 years old, he was sitting on the bench in Minute Maid Park. Um, you know, these guys aren't going to take Kyle Tucker's job. And I, I you know, I think that extension is going to come soon. Um, I know everyone was, you know, anticipating it right before Jordan got extended. But um, I, I think when you look at the future of this team, you know, Kyle Tucker has a secure spot on this lineup. You know, he was an all-star last year, 900-plus OPS the season before. And he's not, you know, they're not, wor- I don't think the Astros are worried about it. I think they're going to figure that out before arbitration next season. Um, but, you know, I think those other guys just sort of fill in wherever they're needed. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, he is one of those guys where we were talking, I, would, I was on another podcast earlier today, some friends, um, and we, they were asking me questions kind of, you know, about the Astros. And, you know, I said, look, I, I think the 20, I think the window could really be open for another five years if I'm being realistic. And I don't know if they're, every year in the next five years in the world series. I think that would be unrealistic, but with where this team is and where this team projects and the way they're able to produce these minor leaguers. And I want you to kind of speak to this because I know I've spoken to a lot of the minor leaguers we have. I know you and Jimmy have also spoken to a lot of the minor leaguers, but what does it say about this Astros player development system that you don't have a top quote unquote 20 or top 10 or even top five prospect you know pool but you continue to produce these star players everything i hear from the players they love the development they love what the astros get them what is it that the astros do differently that you think separates them from the rest of the field i think it's say you're not you when you draft a player you draft all these shortstops last year those guys aren't going to play shortstops for the rest of their career the astros are you know they find something you know good in these these players and they extend it to other positions. Like we've raved about position addition for the last uh, season and a half. And you can look at some of these players. Like Miles Straw was a shortstop, you know, and he turned into a 
gold glove center fielder a couple years later, even though he's with the Guardians now. And just these position addition, the Astros are finding where to plug these players. They're finding ways to extend their careers and extend their seasons. We can go on about J.P. France, too, a guy who was a dominant starter. Why move into the bullpen? Because he projects better as a reliever. He's a whiff machine, and he gets he has a high strikeout rate, and he can pitch two innings out of the bullpen. And he's, what, 26, 27 years old now, pushing 28. I think I think you'll be fine putting him in the bullpen, you know, just extending the career. And it's just the Astros are, you know, molding players or finding what's good about them, you know, and putting them where they need to play. And I, I've one good example of that, in my opinion, is Luis Santana. Uh, Luis Santana is probably the other guy I'm kind of high about in uh, high A. And he came in on uh, came in from the Mets a couple years ago. And I think he was rule five eligible this year and they didn't protect him. And it's OK. He's kind of an older guy in high A, but. Uh, can play first base, second, third, a little bit outfield. Like, you know, look, I can play everywhere, and you know that's what the Astros are doing. They're molding them into versatile players. Yeah, so he's kind of a poor man's Alibnis Diaz, right? I guess you could say that. You know, one of the things that I have noticed, and you know, I saw it with Yonder Diaz, I saw it with David Hensley. You know, going to the going to as many games as I've been to there at Constellation Field is is they move these players through the system, and they play them out of slot or out of where they're normally play, but, but they don't put them at a disadvantage. It's like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe they got him at first again. You know, it's kind of like in literally growing up when the, when your one shortstop doesn't show up to the game, you got to stick the kid that goes out in left field in the fourth inning at shortstop because nobody else, will, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's not like that. And also there's, there's another thing that I think you're going to see the Astros do this year and I'm kind of I've kind of coined this term and I don't I don't know if I've made it up with my own brain or if I heard it somewhere, but I'm calling it almost like a hybrid starter where you have a lot of piggybacking going on in the minor leagues. And then, you know, the Astros used nine starters last year. I mean, who's to say they won't use nine starters this year? You got J.P. France, Brandon Belak's probably going to get some more innings. So you got guys on there where you don't have to depend on four guys and wear them out for 162 game season. And that's where I think they do a good job developing the pitchers as well because they prepare them for that in the minor leagues. Yeah, I think one of the best ways that I could describe a reliever is a failed starter. And I think that's what a lot of relievers will make that joke. You know, I'm just a failed starter, and that's why you know a pretty dominant reliever. And you look at guys like Hunter Brown near the end of his AAA career, you know, this past summer, they moved him into the bullpen a little bit because when he came to the Astros, he became a bullpen guy. You know, they gave him two starts there when Verlander was hurt, but – you know, they wanted to get his feet wet and put him in the bullpen and he looked great. And I know that's not just a test, you know, like for the future, he's going to be a starter of the future, but um, you know, these guys all around that they're going to move around into the bullpen as starters. You look at even guys in triple A now, I'm Samuel Tamarez, someone I'm pretty high on in triple A. He's definitely going to be the next example of that. That's awesome. And so what I, what I want to say is this real quick before we get into our third and final segment of the show is that if you make Locked on Astros your first listen, I want you to make your second listen Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter the most, the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked on can provide. Locked on Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. So again, we got Kenny Van Dorn on here. You write for Sports Illustrated. You also do some stuff with... Um, Astros future with Jimmy over there and just do a phenomenal job. Let me just say this totally envy your career trek, career path. You know, I got started podcasting like three years ago. I'm 47 now. So I got a little, I got a little late start, 
So sitting here watching you and watching you grow, I mean, Kenny, you, you, I think you interned at one of the local radio stations as well. Again, you're working your way through college. Um, so continued success to you. And y'all need to make sure y'all check him out on all socials, check out their website, everything. And he writes excellent articles. Um, so let's, so let's get into it, Kenny, the names of the people that we expect to see this next year. Um, Pedro Leone is the one name that I think everybody's talking about. And one of the things that I've said about, about him, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because you're the expert here is we know his arm is rated at an 80. It's the only guy I believe in the minor leagues that has an arm rated that high. And his swing seems to have some holes in it or it needs fixing. And I don't know if it's a bat path thing. I don't know if he flies open. I don't know what all the mechanical aspects of it are, but he struck out at a pretty high rate last year, 30 something percent or 28. I can't remember 28 to 34 percent. You may have that in front of you. But when he hits, he absolutely crushes the ball. What is it going to take for Pedro Leone to make his way to Minute Maid Park in 2023? It's all about that improved plate discipline. And, uh, you know, when you look at where he is right now, he's in the Puerto Rican uh, Winter League, and his head coach is Alex, or his manager is Alex Cintron, which is probably the best move in the world for him this winter to have the Astros hitting coach that just uh, just inked for three more years, I think was the report today. So, yeah. you know, having having that guy, you know, teaching you how to how to hit a baseball this uh, spring looks good. Uh, I'm not – this winter is, you know, it's pretty good. Um, I, I don't know, like – where you'll see him next season. You know, he's definitely going to get an invite to spring training. He's not real five eligible. No worries to put him on the, uh, right. on the 40 man roster right now. I know fan graphs kind of projects him for 2026, 2027 arrival time, mm. which is, you know, kind of absurd. I know they know a lot more than I would, and I'm not one to judge his bat swing, you know, and judge the trajectory of, you know, all that launch angle stuff without all the you know, correct data and every, all the stat cast data that you might need. Um, but he does his swing does look a little bit different from the videos I've seen. Uh, it looks a bit little a little taller, and that might just be something they're testing out. But um, one thing I want to point out before he got hit in the face, uh, one of those one of those plate appearances. I was at the game. He took a fastball kind of to the uh, cheek area off the, the plastic. Missed a couple weeks um, right there, right there. But uh, I think it was 16 walks of 13 strikeouts in July. That was his best month of baseball in my opinion that he's had since he's been with the Astros Ooh. 921 OPS more walks and strikeouts really good for Pedro Leon um, when you kind of look at the the future of where that can take him you know if that's you know get some healthy months after that because I know in August and in September kind of battled some minor injuries there uh, kind of sprung up but um, I think if you carry that plate discipline and improve it you know each and every day I think it's that keen eye that he's kind of missing and you saw that right there that you know it can pop up Definitely. Now, another name, and I'm going to ask you this name, and then I want you to give me three guys from AAA that you think we'll see at Minute Maid. Um, Forrest Whitley. Forrest Whitley is the name that keeps coming up. You know, when you hear Forrest Whitley, you hear, oh, we missed on him. Oh, he's never going to make it. He's the failed prospect. He's the Mark Appel. He's, I mean, there's a lot of doubt being cast. Because it seemed like every time he takes one step forward, something happens and he takes two steps back. What do you think? And of course, I'm totally asking you to predict, Kenny, because I know you look into the future and I, I know you have this amazing mind where you can see all things right. Um, so I'm not I'm not asking you to tell me exactly. But 
what what do you think the Astros' hopes are for Forrest Whitley? Because everybody's like, why don't we just trade the guy? Because he hasn't done anything. Where are we going with this kid? Yeah, I think he was definitely like an, you know, a guy that could have been traded. I think they were definitely shopping him a little bit, just you know, showing off what he could could do. It was a couple of weeks there where he was, you know, looking like the Forrest Whitley that everyone was hoping for. Four innings, you know, striking out a bunch of people. These the whiff rate was high. Um, but you know, he was kind of getting too deep in those at bats and you know, that's what really was the turnover near the end of the season. Then infl- inflammation kind of built up in his shoulder, which just kind of, kind of comes off for not pitching for two years. You know, not facing competition because of a lost season in 2020, COVID in 2021. Um, you know, it's just really, I just don't, I don't think he's a starter of the future anymore at this point. He's 24 years old, going to be 25, age 25 next season. Um, I think he's a guy that could give you three innings out of the bullpen, even two. I think getting him to the major, the major leagues is a success in its own. Um, and he's on the 40 man roster. He's going to be on the 40 man roster this whole season. And if he stays healthy and looks good, definitely a guy that could come up for a start like Tyler Ivy did in 2021, bring okay. him up and you could give him a start in May, a spot start. If someone gets, you know, there's going to be injuries. You're not going to avoid injuries the whole season. Now the Astros were like one of the luckiest teams, you know, and, and my, not even luck, you know, that just goes into the conditioning and the training staff right there. But they, I think they were the second most injury list or second least injury list placements last year. But wow. I think Forrest Whitley's definitely a guy that, you could see by the end of the season. I know last season I even said the same thing, but he kind of came back later than expected, in my opinion. I didn't think it would take all the way to the end of June for that. But uh, Force Willie is definitely a guy who could make it up there, maybe give you two innings just to test him out. If you're listening to this audio-wise, we're going to end the conversation here for the audio version, but Kenny and I are going to keep talking for our live audience. And so if you're listening to us on audio, on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you go to the YouTube channel and check out the rest of the conversation. So Kenny, real quick for our listening audience, tell them where they can find you and then we'll, we'll continue here in a second. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at The Vandalorian. Uh, and you can find my work online at Inside the Astros on Sports Illustrated, as well as uh, my voice again on Astros Future podcast with Jimmy Price. That's awesome. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Locked on Astros. Again, I'm, I'm H.J. Wellhouse, and he is Kenny Van Dorn. He's sitting in for Eric tonight to talk about all things Houston Astros, draft picks, prospects, and more in the future world champion Houston Astros. So, Kenny, thank you so much. Y'all have a good one. Thanks for joining us. And tomorrow night, you have to join us because we have um, Coach Temperer, who is actually at Stetson University, who was Jeremy Pena's coach at Maine, and the guy that recruited Jeremy Pena. We've got a great conversation lined up with him. So y'all tune in for that and make sure you make Locked on Astros your first listen every single day. Go Strohs.